John 1, 25. And you look around our country right now, and you see that there's a very um, conscious move to get rid of anything Christ-related into the Christmas season. I read this week where a, I can't even remember what town, but a, a principal of a school banned candy canes from the school because the candy cane is shaped like a J so it could represent Jesus. What, at least in America, what does Christmas, the holiday, represent? How do you take Jesus out of Christmas? That doesn't even make sense. I mean, unless you're going to make a law to get rid of the holiday or change the name of it, it's still Christmas and it's still... And I was talking to Deb about it yesterday. I said, you know, they don't go to Ramadan and insist that they get rid of their, their, you know, represent or their worship of Allah or, or Muhammad. They don't, they don't do that with Ramadan. They don't do anything with Hanukkah. Why is it just Christmas that they seem to be so bothered by? And the answer is clear. We know from Scripture that because they hated the Father, they will hate you. And then they hate Christ and anything that represents Him. So that's where we're at. And I want to touch on a few things in regard to that today. John chapter 1, verse 25. Everybody there? And it says, And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, or Elias, neither that prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there standeth one among you, whom ye know not. He, he it is, who cometh after me, is preferred before me. Whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara, <laughs> beyond Jordan, where John was baptized. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore I am come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same saith unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, that the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, John, uh, after John stood, the two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwelleth thou? And he said, he said unto them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. And Lord, I just ask God that you will give me something to give your people today. Help us, Lord, to not be distracted, not be uh, turned aside from what we are remembering during this season, Lord. And let us not 
secularize what's happening, but Lord, let us give all the worship and glory unto you. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All around us, they're fighting Christ. They are coming against Him in our military. They're fighting Him in our schools. They're fighting Him in our workplaces. I saw another case where a couple of young ladies were required to, oh, what was it, make something, but are facing prison because they refused to do, uh, I can't, for some reason I'm drawing a blank as to what it was. It wasn't a cake this time, but it was something else. But they're required to do it and could spend six months in jail and be charged, I think it was $10,000 fine for not doing it for homosexuals. Uh, being forced to do that. Anybody ever go to a store and see the sign on the wall that says, we have the right to refuse service to anyone? Hmm, that seems, seems pretty simple to me. The simple fact is, we should have the right, I don't care which side of the aisle we're on, to refuse service to anybody we want for any reason. Isn't that what freedom is about? You know, if you want to just serve to one-eyed people from Australia, you have a right to do that. But for some reason, it's been focused and targeted toward Christianity in such a very specific way. Again, they don't go into Muslim establishments and try to force them to do things in violation of their religious values. So this attack on Christianity is, is widespread in our culture. And again, when it comes to Christmas, a very specific holiday specifically for Jesus, how do you take Jesus out of that? It doesn't even make sense to try to do that. But I've been pondering this a lot lately, and I started to think, you know, we don't, it doesn't matter what the culture does. They can't take Christ out of Christmas unless the people allow them to. The laws can be passed, the judges can say whatever they want, the courts can rule however they want to, politicians can do whatever they want to, but the fact of the matter is you can't force the people to believe different or, or worship different than they do in their heart. China's tried it for millennia to try to change the way people worship. There's still a strong Christian element within China. They try their best to get rid of them. In the early days, shortly after Christ was crucified, that persecution hit the the whole known world at that time, and it was very targeted, very horrible persecution that, that hit. And yet, the church flourished and grew and become stronger through all of that persecution. And so, nothing that the culture does changes what we believe. We've just had the blessing for as long as we've been alive until just recently, we've had the blessing of living in a land that, that legalized and even encouraged our belief system. That's beginning to change. We're beginning to be in a position that pretty much the rest of the world has been in. America was one of the very few nations that actually aided and assisted our belief system. That's changing. The rest of the world has dealt with it for many, many years. We're going to learn to deal with it too. We're going to live, learn to deal in a culture that is hostile to what we believe. And it is becoming more so all the time. But the simple fact of the matter is... You can't change, you can't take Christ out of Christmas unless Christ comes out of your heart, right? Because we will celebrate the the risen King of Kings no matter what 
the courts say. No matter what laws are passed, no matter what. And when I go in a store, if they say happy holidays, I'm going to say Merry Christmas. And you know, there's still a stronger element in our society that is fighting against this, this push than, than what we realize. And it, this isn't necessarily about Christianity, but it's still pushing against that attack on it. And that we were talking yesterday about the, there's a big, um, I don't know, push right now to get rid of some of the songs like uh, White Christmas. Yeah. Rudolph, you can't have Rudolph because it's about bullying. They're trying to get rid of, oh yeah, the big one is Baby It's Cold Outside. We have radio stations that are refusing to play Baby It's Cold Outside. And again, this isn't about Christianity, but it's still about people pushing against our culture that we have stood for. But what was the result? Ever since these radio stations refused to play Baby It's Cold Outside, it's been the number one requested song on the radio across the United States. (laughs) kind of blew up in their face. And these radio stations that did that are now paying the price. They're getting hit hard. So what that tells me is there's still an element that stands for American culture that we have stood for, and part of that American culture has always been Christianity. Not that we have always been a Christian nation per se. We call ourselves a Christian nation, but the simple fact is that most most people in America were not Christian. They just held Christian values, even if they weren't necessarily Christian. So as long as, as long as Christ is in us and we are exempli, exempl, exemplifying Christ, exalting and glorifying Christ, they can't take Christ out of Christmas because it's in the heart of the people, not in the laws of the land. Matthew 15, verse 8 says, The people draw nigh unto me with their mouth. And honoreth me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for commandment or teaching for doctrines and commandments of men. See, this is where the danger is. The danger is not in the land, in the laws of the land turning against Christianity. The danger is in people professing Christianity turning against the doctrines of Christ. That's where the danger is. The laws can do whatever they want, but as long as the saints of God proclaim Jesus Christ and live and glorify Him in everything they do, we still have that culture in in this land. But that's where the danger is. Because even back in that day, Jesus said there's so many, and this was actually um, quoting from the book of Isaiah. Uh, This is not a, a new problem. Uh, So in this day, he's saying, there's many out there that talk about it. There's many many people out there that talk a good game, but their heart is not in me. And you teach for for doctrine the commandments of men. It's not about the word of God. It's about what people say, what they want, or what the church claims. You know, we don't follow church teachings. We follow the word of the living God. Doesn't matter what the church teaches, what matters is what the Word of God says. Now, the church may follow that word, but there's many churches that don't follow that word. It's not about church teachings, it's about having Christ in our heart. Teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. There's whole institutions built that way. In fact, the, the, the Catholic Church holds the teachings of the forefathers above the Word of God. 
That's, that, that, that carries more weight than the Word of God. It's the teachings of the church and the teachings of the forefathers that were passed down in the teachings of the church. That's not what we as saints of God do. This Word is life and breath unto us. This is the path to us. This is what lights our path wherever we go. This is our encouragement in time of, of distress. This is, our, this is our, our, our hope in time of fear. This is it right here. In the Word of the living God, we realize that right here, it doesn't come from anywhere else. It comes from the Word of the living God. And as long as that Word is in our hearts, that Word will stay in our culture. Formally, according to the law, it may change, but according to the law, it doesn't mean according to me, and it doesn't mean according to you. Mark chapter 7, verse 13 says, "...making the Word of God of none effect." through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such things as you do. Tradition. We have a lot of traditions. We're a land of traditions, just like everywhere. We have traditions. There's Christmas traditions. Um, And these traditions can be according to the Word of God, or they may be in violation of the Word of God. Jesus said, you guys make my word of none effect because of your traditions. Again, we can go to false religions who tradition holds more value to them than the word of the living God. And that word gets stifled because tradition becomes more important. And that's, we see that on Thanksgiving. We see that in Christmas. We see it on Easter across our land in that traditions of Christ, Christmas have outweighed Christian tradition during Christmas. Traditions of people, of, of, of man, has outweighed the true meaning of the resurrection during the Easter season because the traditions started to separate away from the Word of God, started to separate away from the true meaning. How do we hold the true meaning of Christmas or the true meaning of the resurrection? We do it. We do it. Our children need to know. Our Family needs to know where it stands. Man created many of these traditions. But God, man did not create God's Word. God created God's Word. And He did not create our traditions. Our traditions should align with Him. He's not going to align with our traditions. He doesn't get swayed by our traditions. Tradition can be God-focused. Now, when, when we come into the Christmas season, do we think more about the gifts or do we think more about the gift? That was given. The gift. Our children should know it's not about waking up on Christmas morning and and open up up a bunch of presents. They should know that it is about the true gift that was given by God to save man from their sins. That's the greatest gift that was ever given to mankind was the gift that came from Almighty God in salvation as He gave us His only begotten Son. We Have you seen the craziness of Black Friday? You know there are websites that track how many people have been injured and killed on Black Friday? They actually track it. How many people? I I can't even remember how many they say got trampled this year. This year? I don't know. Green Friday was already taken? I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. What a terrible thing. What a thing to teach our children. Because our children want the, the, the next big toy that the industry has convinced them that they want. Anybody remember sitting up during a, uh, 
Saturday morning cartoons and every commercial that came on saying to your parents, I want that, I want that, I want that. I did that. I never got any of it, but I wanted every one of those things. <laughs> and so our kids get this, every year they seem to have a new special toy that every kid has to have, and then their parents go down and beat people up at Walmart to get that thing on, on Black Friday. What a thing to teach our children. Horrible thing. We've had, uh, I think there was one or two killed this year, and many, many injured during stampedes. There was, a, there was one I read about, a guy who had a heart attack, fell down on the, on the ground, and people just ran around him and over him and everything, getting to, to there, and nobody stopped to, to check on this man who had a heart attack, and he ended up dying. How horrible! What is wrong with people? This is because the culture has lost sight on what Christmas is all about. It's not about a toy. It's about the King of Glory that come to earth to save our souls. So what should we do as saints of God? We have to remember to stand for what it's all about. Don't let the culture get in here and change us. We change the culture. The culture is at our mercy. We're not at the mercy of the culture. We are the ones that represent what we uh, what we. Uh, show to the world what the world sees in us. Our homes need to represent Jesus Christ during Christmas, during the resurrection, during every other holiday. To represent that Jesus Christ is the reason for what we are doing. We create a, a culture that is focused on God. We need to slow down sometimes. This time of the year gets insane and we are running 500 different directions because there's so much going on. We got to cook this and get that ready. We got to get the house ready because family's coming. We got to travel here and do that. And sometimes we just have to slow down, lift our heads, lift our eyes, lift our hands towards heaven and say, Lord God, you are the king and I love you. I just need to stop and let you know how much I love you. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Gives us some really good insight. This is a passage that, that we ought to have on our wall somewhere, honestly. It says, Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mayest fear the Lord thy God to keep all of his statutes and his commandments which I commanded thee, thou and thy son, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may, be, may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land which floweth with milk and honey. What could be more Christmas than being obedient to God? Funny thing that happens during Thanksgiving. People come together. Uh, families come together sometimes for the first time or only time of the year and they get together and they pray over a meal. How many of those people have prayed any other time during that year? (laughs) Sad thing. Just the reality of it. Many times that's the only prayer that anybody prayed that whole year. Sometimes that motion is the most that they have. That 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 form uh, of an act that doesn't have a place in their heart. Well, Christmas is the same way many times. 
It becomes a form. We get up and we open presents and, and somebody might even tell the Christmas story. They might even read the Christmas story. But a lot of times that's the only Word of God that many of them get all year long. It's just a form. It's just that little bit. But what can be more Christmas than being able to wake up on Christmas morning and say, I have served my God this year. I have given Him glory this year. I'm coming here not because there's some package under a tree, but because Almighty God is in my heart and in my life. And obeying Him is more important than any of it. See, we got to get that focus back in the right direction because God won't share. God does not share His glory. God does not share His authority. God does not share any of His uh, uh, power and reign, His majesty. He doesn't share that. It is His and His alone. Verse 4 of that same passage says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Oh, that's a hard one. Every one of us can look at that passage right there and cringe because you know that we don't always love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, all our mind. We some we just don't always hit that one out of the park. But that is that should be the focus of our heart. And so easy to get swayed away from that. The church of Corinth was a wild place. Anybody ever really study the church of Corinth? That was a rough place. It was not a, a, a sweet little <laughs> grandma's church. That was a hard place. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 7 says, Do not be worshipers of handmade gods, as some of them were. Just as it is written in Scripture, the people sat down to eat and drink after sacrificing to the golden calf of Horeb and stood up to play, indulging in more immoral activities. The children of Israel went to that mountain to worship God. They came away worshiping idols. They, they fell right into worshiping idols. And once there becomes an idol in our heart, many other sins follow. If God isn't the center focus in our heart, you better believe you will be led into other sin. I just People don't wake up one morning and say, you know, I think I'll go have an affair today. There has to be something that happened in the heart already. That's already been at work in their heart. Somebody doesn't wake up one day and say, you know, I think I'll go rob a bank today. Well, they might, but before they do that, (laughs) there was something that took place in their heart. I don't care what sin it is. Before you get pulled into that sin, there has been a work that has happened in your heart. And that work has not been the Holy Spirit because that's been turned out. It's been a work of the enemy in your heart to draw you into that sin. The Bible tells us that we are pulled in by our own lusts and enticed. We get pulled in. Idolatry always leads to other sin. That's why Almighty God needs to be number one. Verse 6 of the Deuteronomy It says, and these words which I commanded thee this day shall be, where? In your heart. They shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and they shall be, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. 
There's a pattern here. There's something here he lines out for us and tells us. Number one, the Word of God has to be in your heart. The commands of God have to be in your heart. It has to be in your mouth. Speaking of them, wherever you go, they have to be in your labors. That's what he means when he's talking about being on your hand. Because your hand represents labors. It needs to be where you go to work. The, the commands of God need to go with you. And it says frontless between your eyes because it needs to be in your mind. Everywhere that you go, everything that you do. And then he says it needs to be covering your house on the, on the doorposts of your house. So that this, this word of God... The commands of God have to be permeating every part of your life. Everything that you do. How do you stand and live for God? You do it by having the Word of God in your heart and in your mouth and in your workplace and in your, in your mind and, and covering your house. Why should it cover your house? David said, I will put no unclean thing before my eyes. Believe me. It used to be, you know, a hundred years ago, for evil influence to come into your house, they had to come through the door. Now, it's a matter of pushing a button on a remote control. And that's how quickly and easily evil influence can come into your life nowadays. He says, cover the doorposts of your house with, with that blood. Do not allow the evil into your home. Everything about us should be representing and glorifying and lifting up Jesus Christ. And then he tells us, it is absolutely imperative to teach it to our children. Folks, this is where Christians today are failing. I'm not saying Christians here. I'm saying people in general. Christianity is on decline in the United States. This is on decline in, decline in the world. Churches are drying up. Churches are dying. Why? Because Christian moms and dads and Christian grandma and grandpas aren't raising Christian children. And that's unfortunate. I was listening to the radio, talk radio a couple days ago, and a lady called into the program and she said, she said, you know, I don't understand. Uh, I raised my boys to be conservative, God-fearing. We went to church. We served God. We did all that stuff. And they're both. She said, she said they're both leftist liberals and they have no, no uh, concern for the Lord. And I'm sitting there thinking about that and as, as the conversation went on, she said, both of them were fine until I sent them to college. Mm. <laughs> I've heard it said many times, we don't have colleges, we have indoctrination centers. And that's pretty much what they have become nowadays and that is so Horribly unfortunate. But you know, we can teach them right. We can have them in school, in Christian schools. We can have them in Sunday school. We can have them in church. And then we let them loose into an environment that they're not ready for. And it can destroy them. It, we have to be careful nowadays. He says, teach them diligently onto your children. Here's, here's something we need to remember. We can, we can raise a child right. We can give them the Word of God. We can send them to Sunday school. We can send them to Christian school. And they can grow up and have no concern whatsoever for the Lord. That, that, that's just a reality of it. Well, on the other side, people who are not raised in church are not taught the Word of God and not, not sent to Christian schools or whatever can grow up and serve God. That's the way it is. That's the way it works out. But God has given us those kids and, and He has placed them in our life as a gift. I believe that it's like a gift when God gives you a child. 
And that gift is to be nurtured and cared for and, 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 and fawned over and taught and trained and all those things that are so necessary. They need to be trained and they have to be trained in the Word of God. That's what he says. Speak of them to your children. Tell your children that. Tell them all the time about the things of God. And then he says in verse 10, And, and it shall be when thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give thee uh, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou planteth not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest you forget the Lord which brought you out, brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. When we're reading in Deuteronomy and it talks about being brought out of Egypt and brought out of the land of bondage, what is he, how does that relate to us? How does that correlate to us? That's salvation. That's a representation. We were, you and I, were in Egypt. We were in the house of bondage. And God sent His Son, who was represented by Moses in the Old Testament. He sent His Son. Moses was a type of Christ that went in there and took the children out of the land of Egypt, put them in the wilderness. Folks, that's where we are today. We're in the wilderness. We're wandering in the wilderness. And Hebrews said, we look for that city. We are looking for that city. Today we are still looking for that city. And that city is in the future. It's coming. But God warns and says, do not forget. Do not forget that I saved you. Do not forget what I gave you. Do not forget the salvation. Verse 17 says, And ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God. Diligently. He put that word in there. Diligently. Keep the commandments of the Lord your God and His testimonies and His statutes which He hath commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it might be well with thee, and that thou mightest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers. Folks, the culture of America, the modern culture of America is trying to take Jesus out of our culture. He's trying, they're trying to take Jesus out of our hearts. But you know what? They can't do that. Because we're born again. We're children of God. If you've been born again, they can do anything they want to do. The Bible tells us that if you try to get away, if you try to get away, God will leave the 99 and He will come and grab you and drag you back. He doesn't say it in that wording. That, that's a paraphrase. But that's what He's going to do. He's going to come after you. God is in our hearts, so He is in our culture. We need to remember that in this season. Would you stand with me, please, and let's pray.